Hey everyone, Jeff Johnson from the Gazette here, the Prep Huddle Podcast with my cohorts and friends, KJ Pilcher and Jeff Linder, Nathan Ford doing his producing thing. Uh, and uh, of course, Hercules watching over all of us just to make sure that we don't uh, let any four letter words fly or anything like that. So uh, boys, how's it going? Good. Good. It feels uh, like football. Yeah, it sure does. All of a sudden, all of a sudden. So I think we'll have a good Friday night. Uh, I don't think there's any rain in the forecast, although I haven't, uh, haven't checked too closely. But uh, right now. it's been a pretty good season that way so far. And um, oh, just, I know, right? Just I know, I know. It's like, you know. forty-one. It's it's like saying you know baseball games going really fast, right? So, yeah, right. Um, but anyway, we are we are halfway home. Can you believe it? In the regular season, and um, you know district play now is a, upon us. I think in every class, right? Uh, you know, going into to Friday night. So um, this is when uh, the uh, the stuff hits the fan, right, boys? This is the this is the best. Uh, the best part of the season coming up right now, right? Yeah, after this week, there will only be three weeks left for everybody to and down. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, what was the line that you always uh, quote Dale Jones on? Lindy? That's the nine weeks of the season. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. Very true. Uh, I guess it is the season. That's the nine weeks of the year. Let's um, – let's, Kind of look back a little bit, maybe first here uh, on what happened in in week four. Um, of course, we uh, we did have uh, forfeit. Um, Cedar Rapids Jefferson was forced to forfeit to Cedar Rapids Kennedy because of a lack of numbers. Um, Jayhawks are going to give it a go Friday night. Uh, it's homecoming, which uh, you know sure put a, a little bit more pressure on on being able to uh, actually have a game. But they are going to play uh, against Linmar. At least that's the plan as of right now on Thursday at uh, 1.06 p.m. So that's a good thing. Uh, I believe we do have it at forfeit already. Uh, Cedar Rapids Prairie, correct, guys? Is, is not going to um, have its game against the Tumwa because of, uh, uh, I guess, COVID issues and injury issues that have hit the, uh, the Tumwa offensive line. Uh, oh, especially really? On. That's, uh, I guess that's that's kind of what uh, I read. I think it was in the Atoma Courier actually. So give credit to them for, for that. But that is kind of the, the, the deal. No, it's Prairie this week, which is, you know, certainly unfortunate. And I believe Jefferson's supposed to play Atoma next week, right? That's next week. Yeah. The following week. Yeah. So, so. hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get, they'll get, be able to get all their stuff kind of figured out and, kids get back healthy and, and uh, they can play against each other next week. So um, your games last Friday night, uh, why don't you, uh, I guess, talk a little bit about um, what you saw boys, uh, if you don't mind. And I, whoever wants to go first with that. Go ahead. You had the better game. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, North Scott at uh, uh, Xavier. Uh, North Scott came away with a 20 to eight victory. And I tell you what, North Scott is very good. You know, they uh, offensively, uh, especially passing, uh, not necessarily something 
I've associated with North Scott over the last few years, more of a run style offense, a physical offense, but, um, you know, uh, they throw the ball well. uh, Grayson Jewell has a lot of targets. Uh, Obviously, Oliver Hughes, Jacob Nelson, uh, Miles Robertson, among those. He's got really good core receivers, and he was able to uh, throw the ball around when they decided to. Um, You know, they they threw a lot with the wind at their back and then relied on Darnell Butler uh, to run the ball, and he actually had a decent game against, you know, a good Xavier Xavier defense, but I think what we saw is that North Scott's defense is just phenomenal, and uh, they really held Xavier in check. Uh, Alex Neal ended up uh, passing for more yards than Jewel. I think he had like 232. Um, Jewel had 213, but a lot of that came late in the game. You know, credit Xavier. They didn't give up. They kept uh, pushing the, uh, you know, kept trying to push for a score. But North Scott's defense held tight. Uh, they even turned the ball over on their own side of the field a couple times. Uh, one, an interception by Aiden McDermott. Another one was a turnover on downs or a short punt. Um, and all they got out of it were two field goal attempts. Um, and Tristan Vasquez made one from, I think, 33, had a first uh, half field goal from 42, and I think his 43-yard uh, attempt in the third quarter hit about three-quarters of the way up the right, right upright, so had plenty of distance. But uh, North Scott, really, really good. Uh, Xavier is close, but, uh, you know, uh, it's it's one of those things where they're they're just uh, maybe a step below uh, a step or two below North Scott right now. Of course, Xavier was without their top tackler uh, Thomas Sandell too, but um, I don't think that would have made the difference with the way they were able to get the scores when needed and and the way the defense North Scott defense kept them out of the the end zone. Lindy, you had Linmar, um, which apparently is a pretty impressive football team, huh? Yeah, uh, very opportunistic. After uh, four games, they've got 17 takeaways. So um, that's, that says a lot. I mean, more than four uh, turnovers a game they're forcing. Uh, they're 4-0. Uh, their defense, which is something that really has lacked, been lacking at Linmar for, for the better part of, well, a long time. Uh, is there. Uh, they've got some teeth defensively. And uh, until the last possession of the game, Washington was under zero yards of total offense. So, uh, you know, I, I think Lindmark's pretty good. Uh, I think they're still, I, you know, if I still had to say right now, I think they're looking at a seven and two te- season. And uh, hey, after one and five, that's super. And uh, Tim Lovell's done a really good job. So, um, offensively, they relied on some big plays instead of, you know, nice, methodical, consistent drives. But, hey, what, you know, whatever floats your boat and whatever works. So, um, uh, very impressed with Linmar. And uh, they've, uh, well, they're supposed to play Jefferson this week. So, whether they do or not, they're probably going to be 5-0 and here in a couple days. And who would have thought that? And then the other uh, – the other – Question, Mark, team, I guess, if, if you want to phrase it that way, it was Iowa City High, and 
Um, it appears that uh, the Little Hawks are uh, not really a question mark anymore. Uh, 21 to 17 win over West Des Moines Dowling uh, last Friday night at Bates Field. On the old flea flicker with a minute left, boys, man, the last two weeks I have seen two of the most uh, beautiful, successful trick plays that have worked in the last minute of a game. I mean, unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, Little Hawks, they, they played really good defense, you know, held Dowling in check. Um, you know, Dowling really doesn't have much of a passing attack with, uh, you know, it's their top, it's top uh, QB out of commission with a broken collarbone. So that kind of limits the Maroons a little bit. But, um, you know, just uh, just a tremendous game all around. And City High finds a way to, to get it done. And Dowling is one in three, boys. How about that? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but watching him and warmups try and help out with participation, uh, you know, retrieving footballs and things like that. He could barely move his left, his, uh, arm. So, um, that doesn't bode well in my, in my, uh, case, I guess, just, just a guess, but, um, you know, you know, they'll be there at the end. I mean, geez, they always are. Right. So, um, they, you know, they got to make it to the playoffs first, and uh, I'm just looking at their schedule. What do they have left? I think uh, Valley, Valley, and uh, Council Bluffs, Lincoln, Johnston, Ames, Valley, and Waukee. So they should probably be. five and four at worst, I guess. And if that's the case, uh, they probably get in. Yeah. So, I mean, for City High, I mean, it was just a big moment. Uh, I think Ben Keeter said it best, you know, uh, we're back or something to that effect, the uh, the all-outstanding, uh, uh, all-around uh, football player um, for City High. And uh, he committed to Iowa this week. KJ, you know him real well on the wrestling, man. He's, he's going to try that uh, football-wrestling combination. And, man, that's going to be tough, right? Yeah, you know, I uh... – when he made his commitment, the first thing a lot of people were looking towards who was the last one to to do it for for Iowa. And I think on a consistent basis or a contributor, a full contributor type basis, I think maybe John Ostendorf is the last one to really do it. Um, you know, uh, Jordan McLaughlin um, around uh, 2007, you know, he was out for the football team. Um I think Iowa was short in the upper weights. He came out. He was a wrestler, I think, from Belmont Clemmy, if I remember right. Um, you know, so he lettered in wrestling in 2007. And then in the fall of 2007, uh, lettered for football. But I don't think he lettered in simultaneous uh, academic years, if that makes sense. Um, you know, but I point to the Fresno State, Josh Hockett. Uh, Josh Hockett was uh, a fullback for their uh, football team. He was also an All-American at 197 uh, for the wrestling team. Uh, Troy Steiner was the coach, uh, you know, former Hawkeye. Um, I think he, uh, I think Hockett might have got gotten invited to a 49ers camp, uh, you know, but didn't didn't stick with the team. So it can be done. I, I mean, you've got some examples that it can be done, but. But boy, uh, at that level, given what, uh, you know, uh, the demands are, it's going to be really tough. But, 
you know, you uh, uh, you heard what Corey Connell said. He, he loves challenges, and you know, he's uh, he seems to be full steam ahead on on contributing to both. He's an exceptional wrestler and a, and a very good football player. What uh, what weight does he wrestle at in, in high school? And uh, where, where do you see him rest? Where do you see him in college as well? He's ranked at 220 this year on uh, the preseason rankings nationally. Uh, he won titles at 160 as a freshman and 195. You know, he, he's got a very big frame, so he's going to be a heavyweight. Uh, I, I bet he'll be a heavyweight by the time he's out of, of high school, um, unless he feels like he wants to cut down to 220. Um, but, you know, uh, I think he's projected as being a linebacker. Um, you know, so I could see him being an outside linebacker, DN, heavyweight type mix. Well, best of luck to him, you know, and even if it, it ends up just being one sport that he wants to concentrate on, you know, so be it, you know, he's, and, and I think he plays, he's a real good baseball player, right, Pilch, and he also does uh, track and field as well. So, um, you know, multi-sport athletes, man, they, I tip my, my bald head to you. Um, yeah. you know, it's great. It was kind of interesting this summer. Um, I covered, uh, I think it was City High Waller um, this year. This year it's Friday night, and uh, I did. He was raking the field after the game, and I just said uh, uh, in passing while I was walking by, "When do you head to Fargo for Junior Nationals?" And he goes, uh, "Tomorrow morning." <laughs> so he was he was doing, you know. He was playing Friday night. Then he was heading up to, you know, freestyle where I believe he was a national runner-up. I'd have to look that up again, but I think he was a national runner-up in freestyle. Um, and then he comes back the next week and right back in lineup for the Little Hawks when he got back into town. So uh, he he definitely uh, uh, is willing to burn the candle at both ends to to do what he likes. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's great. Uh, good luck, Ben. Um, you seem like a good, real good kid from, uh, my one interaction with you the other night, KJ, I think is, is said real good things about you as well. So, um, best of luck with that. And, uh, you know, city high, as we said, boys, uh, uh, looks like it's, uh, it's a legit team here moving forward as we, as we head into district play. So, um, let's look at some of the scores real quick. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of run through, um, you know, week four, uh, KJ mentioned the, the 28 or 20 to eight North Scott win over Xavier. Uh, we all predicted Williamsburg was going to get its first win and it did 62 to nothing over Central League. Um, Western Dubuque boys, 65, 35 over Dubuque Hempstead put up 600 yards of offense uh, wow. against a 5A team. Uh, KJ, you saw Western Dubuque, right? In the first week of the season. Yeah. Yep. I did, and, you know, that was against uh, Xavier, and, you know, they, they showed flashes of being able to throw the ball really well. Um, I think it's Jack Clemens. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the quarterback uh, can, can air it out a little bit, and I'm blanking on the name of the wide receiver. I know he connected on a 73-yard touchdown pass uh, uh, to him in that game, but, but they have a, a – the ability to, to kind of air it out, um, you know, defensively they're, they're decent, but uh, you know, offensively 
Uh, I think they struggled running the ball against Xavier a little bit, but boy, they had uh, instances where they they threw the ball well, and and it looks like uh, they showed some of that against Hempstead too. Another big game, a couple of big games here back to back. We'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, West Delaware with a real nice win, fourteen to six over Waverly Shellrock. Um, Waverly had been playing as well as anyone coming into this game, and and uh, you know West Delaware goes up to to Waverly and, and, and gets a win, uh, pretty significant one too, uh, inner class, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're we looking at two, three weeks away from the, the big West Delaware Independence Showdown. Yeah. So, um, you know, West Delaware lost earlier in the season and, um, you know, obviously has rebounded real well since. Uh, really good football team, two really good football teams here. Uh, Wacom looks like it definitely is back on track. Beats previously undefeated uh, North Fayette Valley 48-21. to 21, And uh, that's another team, right? Stumbled early, but uh, – you know, uh, thumped the core pretty good and, and now beats uh, a real good NFV team. Um, you know, what do you see maybe from the Indians other than uh, starting to put it all together again? I think that's a team that's pretty dangerous uh, coming down the stretch here. My guess is that they're going to avoid that a lot of really good teams from Northwest Iowa in the playoffs. So uh, I would say that's a team that uh, has a chance. And I think you can say the same thing about Williamsburg to maybe. Maybe make it to the Delta. Yeah. Um, Independence struggled to, to beat Vinton Shellsburg, but did 20 to 13. Uh, just saw on Twitter that uh, Tono Cornell, who is, uh, I believe, a sophomore uh, offensive lineman, highly touted, is uh, taking a game day visit to Iowa um, on Saturday for their game against Colorado State. So it uh, seems like his recruiting is starting to perk up a little bit. Uh, big offensive lineman. Um, so a little bit of breaking news, so to speak there, uh, other scores, Benton community over South, Ta- uh, South Tama 33 to 14. Um, we had, uh, old wine defeating Jess up 42 to 20, uh, barn burner, clear Creek and man, continues to play, uh, exciting games that come right down to the last second beats Iowa city, Liberty 31 to 30. Dubuque Wallard over uh, LaPorte City Union, 24 to 7. It's just strange to think that those two teams would play each other um, just from a geographical standpoint. Um, Decor over Charles City, 35 to 6. Another good win for Eastern Iowa. Cedar Falls uh, defeats uh, Ankeny Centennial in that Eastern Central Iowa matchup, 28 to 14. Mount Vernon, 33 to 14 over Center Point Urbana. Marion gets its first win. Over uh, previously undefeated DeWitt Central, um, twenty to seven. So, big uh, big win there for for the uh, Wolves. I'm still trying to get used to saying that. Um, elsewhere was uh, Cedar Rapids Prairie beating Bentendorf fifty four to twenty. Uh, scrolling up and down here, um, Turkey Valley over Riceville forty four to eight. Just kind of hit and miss on some of these. Uh, Sumner Fredericksburg over Postville, 75 to nothing. Northland continues to roll 47 to nothing over Clayton Ridge. Uh, South Winnesheek edges Starmont, 34-26. North Tama continues to be unbeaten, beats Nashua Plainfield, 50 to to 22. 
uh, Iowa City Regina with a big uh, 34 to nothing win over Minneapolis. I don't think any of us thought that it would be that big of a spread, right? 34 to nothing. With uh, both of them being unbeaten and, and you know, Minneapolis having uh, such a, a good team that went all the way to, I think, the quarterfinals against uh, Sigourney Kyoto. Um, thought it might be a little more competitive, but Boy, I tell you what, uh, Regina seems to have reloaded. I know they've got uh, – I know they're really excited about their uh, their offensive and defensive fronts, and we all know that uh, if you if you have the guys up front blocking and and uh, being able to stuff the run, uh, things can, can fill in with the uh, skilled players, and that might be kind of the key to their success so far. Uh, eight man Easton Valley continues to roll 67 to 12 over Springville Island over North Cedar 33 13. Uh, Dyersville Beckman continues to be very impressive 38 to 7 victory over uh, over a pretty decent Cascade team. Uh, Bellevue shuts out Maquoketa Valley 28 to nothing. Uh, West Liberty and Commands Commands wins that one 44 to 36. Edgewood Colesburg 44 to 16 over Alcator Central. Uh, in another good tight ball game that we knew would be that way, Water Columbus Edge is MFL Marmat giving MMM uh, its first loss of the season by the score of 16 to 14. And uh, then Jeff, you want to talk about some of the things we knew that out in Western Iowa, we would we would have some uh, uh, some real good matchups and uh, what uh, West Lion beat Central Lion and uh, Battle Creek Ida Grove. Uh, Odebold Arthur loses as well its first game so a uh, little bit of clarity out there with, with all that uh, that strong football I'm not sure I'm not sure there's any more clarity yet but I think we just know there's about six or seven good teams in those two districts uh, team that uh, maybe we've been overlooking a little bit might be Unity Christian uh, they're in there with both the Lyon County schools and then we got the district with, with Southeast Valley and Spirit Lake. They still have to play each other. Um, OABCIG, um, uh, Pokey's in with that, Clarion Goldfield. So um, I don't think we've really got a whole lot figured out yet. We will. It, it seems yeah, like at the beginning of the year, who would have thought both Dowling and Central Lion would be one and three at this point? I mean, yeah, you know, I, I still think Central Lion could be a factor in, in 1A or 2A, I'm sorry, uh, provided they make it to the playoffs. They're sitting one and three right now, but uh, I still think they're a really dangerous team. And uh, I think everybody else agrees because their consensus is still a top 10 team in, in uh, class 2A. How do, you, how do you guys sort out what's going on in 5A where it seems like, you know, we, we saw a, a top ranked team, Southeast Polk, go down to. To Ankeny, it just seems like uh, again those those suburban Des Moines schools just keep knocking each other off. I mean, can we make any sense out of that? Uh, out of that, and uh, you know, do you feel like the gap maybe this season between Central Iowa and Eastern Iowa has closed it all at the at the biggest school level? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, City High meeting Dowling is a very good sign for Eastern. 
Uh, Cedar Falls beating Centennial, that's a good sign as well. Um, waiting to see, does Kennedy have a crossover game with anybody? No. So I, I don't know how Kennedy, which I think we probably all agree is the best team on paper right now in Eastern Iowa, um, do, how, how well they stack up against the, the powers out there. We, we won't know that until probably the semifinals if, if they get that. So, um, still, still some unsurety, if that's a word, on uh, on how the teams over here rank uh, against the teams over there. Uh, I think that you know there's some really good teams in Central Iowa, and there, there's I think there's definitely more depth over there. You know, I think that... remember. Go ahead, JJ. No, I was just going to point out real quick. Kennedy does play Johnston in the okay. uh, penultimate game of the regular season here at Kingston Stadium. So okay, clarify that. Go ahead, KJ. Well, I was just going to say one thing to keep in mind um, with uh, Southeast Polk's loss is they were without their, uh, you know, all-state wide receiver. Um, uh, I, I don't want to butcher his, his last name. Um but uh, uh, he he didn't play in that uh, in that loss, and he's a difference maker. We've seen that uh, already this season with his uh, what he's been able to do. I think he had the last second catch uh, to win the opener. Um, Xavier, oh, is it Wampa? Yeah, uh, Xavier in the Wampa. Yeah, that's a hard name to say, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I don't believe he uh, he played this week, so that, take that with a grain of salt. But I think Lindy's right. Um, you know, we probably won't know a ton until uh, you know we do see you know Kennedy uh, with a crossover. Um, and so far, you know what Cedar Falls has done. I think they're one and one against teams from over there. Um, you know, City High uh, with the win over Dowling. Um, and, you know, let's face it with, uh, you know, the Waukee school splitting, um, which is the, you know, the Ankeny schools of the split and, um, now Waukee, uh, it's, it's gonna not necessarily water down, but, you know, um, it's going to spread around that town a little bit. I think that that'll help Eastern schools as well. If you had to pick right now, who, who would you say the favorite to win 5A is? I, I still got to go with Southeast Polk, boys. I agree. I, I do, too. Um, you know, I, I still uh, still not sure we should count out Ankeny. Um, I know they had a, their, their loss was a little bit of a head scratcher, but um, – I think they're they're right there again. I'm going to throw Cedar Rapids Prairie in that mix too, guys. Um, I know it. You know, it had that loss a couple of weeks ago to Cedar Falls, but again, that came primarily on a trick play at the very end of the game, and Prairie was without you know starters as as we've talked about ad nauseum. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that game October 8th against Southeast Polk uh, over there on the uh, on the far west southwest side of cedar rapids 
Um, that's coming up. And I think that'll, uh, that'll tell a lot um, to me uh, as far as, uh, you know, is, is Eastern Iowa perhaps this season kind of closing that gap in 5A. So we, we, we talked about, as you started, you know, let, let, let's say Kennedy City High and Linmar none of them play each other, right? Correct. So uh, Linmar still has to play Southeast uh, let me, I'll double check on that, but yeah, keep going with your, with your point here. Well, I guess that, um, well, let's say Kennedy and, and City High then. Let's say they both go undefeated. Is that reasonable? Let's take a look here. City High, City High, was, it, you could probably say is favored in the, in all of its remaining games. Kennedy, same if it can get, get past Cedar Falls and Johnston. So let's say. Kennedy and, and City High are nine and zero, and they would probably, possibly be one two in the RPI. So those two teams, you know, a lot of the pretty good Central Iowa teams would be coming over here. The the road to the dome for some of those teams, maybe not for a Southeast Polk or an Ankeny, but maybe for a Valley or an Urbandale or a Centennial or maybe even a Dowling, you know, their road to the dome might come, might go through Eastern Iowa. That'd be something. Uh, Lindmeyer still has to play Southeast Polk and Prairie in, in district play. So, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out, but uh, yeah, you know, I guess, I guess we'll find out, but I, to me, it just, you know, um, and, you know, I'm sure Southeast Polk is, is a, you know, a much, much better football team without, we're with, you know, uh, Nawakpa there. I mean, what is he, a five-star recruit, four-star recruit being, uh, with offers from everybody. So there you go. Uh, and we'll see if Dowling's quarterback comes back or not. Um, but yeah, you know, to me, it's, you know, maybe just maybe there's a, there's a glimmer of hope that, uh, you know, somebody from over here can, can, can legit compete for a, for a big school state title. So uh, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be real nice. So um, shall we go through real quick here, go through the uh, schedule for um, this week, I guess. Yeah, let's, um, let's just kind of hit the high points for this week. Yeah, uh, we do have a game Thursday night at Kingston Stadium, Cedar Rapids Kennedy and Dubuque Sr. Um, Kennedy, a pretty prohibitive favorite there is that, Fair to say, I would think so. So, senior quietly is three and one, and the one loss is to Prairie, and that was twenty eight fourteen. So, um, they must not be too bad. Uh, had a really good. They had a. They were a good team last season. Uh, yeah. you know, with Hempstead, you know, both were, both were good. Uh, you know, were good quality uh programs, and, and senior has uh has the kid um. Uh, playing quarterback for him that's real good uh Gilligan Jack Gilligan um so you know I certainly you'd have to think uh Kennedy would be favorite but but maybe not um by a huge amount um so you know that that could be an interesting game I guess as Jeff pointed out uh Thursday night at, at Kingston Stadium um all right, I'm just going to scroll through and hit some of the some of the high points, as Jeff said here, um, for this week's games around the area. Um, well, we got to get North Cedar in there, always do, uh, against Bellevue this week. 
uh, Waterloo, Columbus, and Cascade. Um, uh, this is really exciting podcasting, isn't it, guys? Um, I've got a few games I have written down that I've marked down for my for my capsules. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, Oskaloosa, Clear Creek, Amanda. Oskaloosa, you know, 4-0. and I don't know if they're a great 4-0, and but – it's still four and zero. Clear Creek Manor three and one, and like you said, they've got two uh, really good, uh, neat, fun comeback wins, dramatic wins um, under their belts. Uh, Mount Vernon Benton Community both three and one. I think you're going to be there, right, KJ at Van Horn? Yep, I'll be there. Uh, Benton Community's uh, won three straight. Uh, both teams are three and one, like you said. Um, Mount Vernon's only loss was forty-one twenty-seven to Settlement. Um, Benton Community lost its opener to uh, Grinnell. Um, shout out to the Nathan Ford. And, uh, uh, you know, like I said, three-game winning streak there at Benton. Benton's homecoming, so it should be a fun uh, contest uh, Friday at Van Horn. Okay. Got marked down West Branch at Minneapolis, uh, both three and one. Uh, Sigourney Kyoto, Pella Christian, a pair of unbeatens uh, in uh, Class 1A. They're both 4-0. and uh, Turkey Valley and Janesville, a couple of unbeatens and eight player. And uh, uh, those are the uh, four or five games I've got uh, marked as four star, five star games. I've got uh, St. Ansgar, North Tama, I think will be really interesting. Lindy, I'm going to throw that one out there yeah. um, for you. Uh, Xavier and Washington, I guess that's where I'll be with uh, a bunch of radio folks again, probably some TV folks uh, as well out there at Xavier. You just, and, get, you just get all the luck when it comes to uh, that situation, don't you? Uh, you know, but I, I throw I throw KJ Pilcher's name around to Xavier, and they just all you know. It's like, oh, what, would, what would you like on campus? <laughs> uh, we have the boot this weekend too, guys, or uh, Friday night as well. Weston City High. Yeah. Um, I'll be at uh, Bates Field and. Uh, you know, did the city high have a little bit of a letdown? I mean, you sure don't think you'd be overlooking West, but, uh, you know, they're coming off a big one and probably have their heads in the clouds a little bit. And, you know, they're going to have to get back down to earth fast because, you know, West has been there, uh, you know, West has been the, the better team down there the last few years. I thought KJ had a real good question. Uh, we'll bring this up real quick uh, on the four down segment we did the other day about uh, traditional powers. You know, Dowling's one and three. What's Bettendorf? Also one and three, correct? And uh, Iowa City West is also one and three. And if there was any sort of commonality between it, what what did you guys say? Well, I don't we... remember. <laughs> 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 uh, um, Dowling are really having a lot of trouble scoring. Um, and, you know, we've talked about the Dowling quarterback injury. Um, you know, West is still – they're still just a few years away from the, the split with Liberty. I know Liberty's on four, but, you know, there, there's still some kids there that would have given West some more depth and maybe some, some you know, some starters that aren't there anymore. So, uh, you know, I, I think that can't help a ton. So – um, you, you know, you, you guys would probably have a better answer for that than I do. 
Um, you know, uh, I, I think you have to look, you know, sure there are some, you know, the, the pool of teams has kind of changed a little bit, you know, um, some of those teams dropping down to, to 4A. Um, but these things are cyclical. Um, excuse me. But uh, these things are cyclical. Um, you just normally don't associate it with those programs. But, uh, you know, if you look, obviously injuries have played a part in, in Dowling's start. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about uh, uh, West or um, Bettendorf. You got to look at some of the talent that West graduated last year, especially with Marcus Morgan. Um, you know, and yeah. now they're going they're going to a freshman quarterback, which at the five A level very rare, and and that um, will lead to some growing pains. But one of the things that really kind of stands out to me and seems odd, maybe not for Iowa City West, but especially the other two programs, if you look at where they rank rushing in five A. Iowa City West is actually uh, the best of the three, but they rank 15th. Bettendorf is 25th, which is mind-blowing, given how they've run the ball, you know, year in and year out. And and then Dowling is 29th. And what is there? How how many? 5A teams? 36. See? So I I think that that says a lot and really kind of feeds that old – uh, you know, adage that uh, you know, uh, run games and defense are, are the best way to win games and, and championships, and it, it certainly uh, kind of looks that way now. And, and one other thing that I pointed out to was their strength of schedule, where uh, Dowling and Bettendorf uh, opponents are 21 and 15 overall, and Iowa City West is 20 and 16. So it's not like they're playing uh, the, you know, uh, tomato cans, uh, for <laughs> lack of a better term. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I, I think those things may uh, play into it a little bit as well. Well, guys, anything else anybody wants to add before we, uh, before we wrap this up? Quick. Um, Green Gazette. Look at it. It's great. Uh, we'll have all the it's all the game stories from Friday night there. Um, you know, our, our crew does a great job putting that together. Nathan Ford's uh, Friday night review uh, on the gazette.com. He does an unbelievable job as well. Um, anything else anybody else wants to, to bring up? Yeah, I just want to mention that we really have focused on trying to get some element of prep football, prep sports in the paper and online every day of the week. Um, you can check out Linder's RPI rankings and, of course, our staff uh, uh, all-class rankings uh, or top tens um, on Monday that uh, Lindy puts out. Uh, four downs will, will be posted on Tuesdays. JJ, you've got uh, – JJ and Linder both have features coming up, um, you know, this week, uh, as well as our, all our game coverage on Thursday and Friday. I'll be at Kingston on Thursday and Benton Community on, on Friday. You can follow me at KJ Pilcher, but check out all of our stuff at thegazette.com and Iowa Prep Sports. Great. So we Good do to a while. 
Couldn't have said it better. Uh, Jeff, you, you're doing a feature. What's your feature, I guess, this week? Let everybody I've got the uh, early Friday, Saturday feature for uh, on Ben Keeter. Okay, very good. That'll be well read. And uh, I'm going to run out to Kennedy practice this afternoon and catch up with Carson Blitz, who's uh, been uh, a difference maker at quarterback for, for a good football team in Kennedy. So that'll be stuff that you can get in the paper and uh, on the gazetteonline.com. So guys, thanks very much. Nathan, thank you very much. Uh, another edition of the prep huddle is in the can and soon to be on air. Uh, thanks, KJ. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, uh, enjoy JJ. the football Friday night, everybody, and uh, we will talk to you next week.